And we've been studying Revelation chapter 14, the three angels' messages for the past few weeks. And we learned that um, it is something that we need to carry. This is the message that God has given to us, to the last generation in this day and time. And as we, as we focus on the third angel's message today, I want us to think about this and really understand what it means. And this time may not be enough to cover this whole message, but we'll see what we can do to cover and understand the meaning. <clears throat> and at the beginning of the three angels' message, it says, the angel, another angel flying in the midst of heaven, and it was proclaiming the message. And who is this angel? And we know that it is the, the angels that are proclaiming the message of, of the last days. And here, I want to share from Ellen White's quote, letter <clears throat> number 79, uh, 1900. It says, These angels represent those who receive the truth and with power open the gospel to the world. That's what she said. So these are the people that have received the truth and with power open the gospel to the world. So, <clears throat> are every single Adventist the angel flying in the midst of heaven? According to what she said, no. It says, it is only those who receive the gospel, the truth, and open up the gospel to the whole world are the ones that are the angels that are flying in the midst of heaven. Midst of the, midst of heaven. But as the Bible said, it is the angels are flying in the midst of the air. So not everyone is flying and proclaiming the message. But everyone in this world will be hearing the message that are proclaimed. That is what's happening. So that means every Adventist who know the truth, to have the truth, can be this angel that is proclaiming, proclaiming the message. Are we, you and I, are we understanding the three angels' messages? Are we participating in proclaiming the three angels' messages? That's what we have to do. That work has started in 1834 and is continuing until now and is continuing to go on until Jesus comes, until the probation closes. So we have to do that part now. Do we understand the everlasting gospel? Do we understand the judgment is coming now? Do we understand that the Babylon is fallen? Do we understand the mark of the beast, what it means, and what it, what it means to receive the seal of God? It is time for us to understand that and share that message to the whole world so that you and I can be that part of the angel that God has called us to do, us to be. And... This message, the third angel's message, is focusing on worship. It says, uh, thanks to Jiang for reading the scripture today, but it says, the third angel followed and sang in a loud voice, loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive, the mark, receive his mark and in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink, the, drink of the wine of the wrath of God. So it's about worship. It's about worship. Worship, uh, can we worship freely today? Well, with some limitations, we can't really come to church to worship. But can we still have worship and live stream worship? Does anybody come to us and say, hey, you can't do that? 
well, you have to go and worship at this location to this God or to this, this religion. Do we have that restriction today? No, we don't. We still have freedom of worship. Praise God for that. And that is the foundation of this universe, the, the government that, that God, has, God has established. Freedom of worship, freedom of choice is something that God gives to every single person, every single creature. However, there were times in history where they did not have freedom of worship. I'm specifically referring to Daniel chapter 3, where King Nebuchadnezzar had erected uh, an image of gold, the image that is different than what he saw in his vision. Um, but he made the gold image saying that, you know what, my country shouldn't end with just me. It should go on until from the head of gold to the chest, to the thigh, to the legs, to the toes. It should be all gold. And he called everyone, all the important people, all the wise men, all, all officials, everyone from his own, own country, his empire, and said, here's my image. You bow down and worship the image. If you don't, what's going to happen? You'll be thrown into the fire. And who, which God is able to save you from the fiery furnace or from me? They were all forced to worship the image. And if you know the story, and you all know the story, no story, how many people bow down? The whole entire empire, everyone bowed down, everyone. Talking about Babylonians, Jews, everyone, like foreigners, everyone. Every single person that was invited to come to that inauguration of the image that, that Nebuchadnezzar had erected, except three Hebrew boys. Well, Daniel wasn't there, so it's not, it doesn't count Daniel. The three people, except for those three, everyone bowed down. So that exact same thing will repeat. The history will repeat itself, and something like that will happen, meaning we will be forced, forced to worship something that is not God. And even if it is God of heaven, we are not supposed to be forced to worship him. It is our own choice to worship whether God or not. But here, that will happen. That is the center. That is the focus the focus is worship. And the Bible continues on to read. It says, If any man worship the beast and his image. The beast and his image. What is this beast that the Bible is talking about? Which beast is... is I mean, Bible has... Daniel Revelation talks about, talk about many different beasts, Right? There's a beast like lion, beast like dragon, beast like leopard, and bear, and so on, and so on and forth. But which beast is it? And if you actually go back to the previous chapter, Revelation 13, there are two beasts that appear. First, Revelation 13, 1 through 10 is first beast. And then from 11 and on is the second beast, beast like a lamb. Had two, two horns. The first beast is the beast that was slain, almost, almost killed, and God revived. It's that beast that speaks um, blasphemy and try to change laws and so on. So it's, this beast is referring to Revelation chapter 13, 1 through 10, that first beast. We know that beast is papal power. 
We know that, that beast. But I'm, talking, I'm focusing on the word image. image. And this word image, we'll, we'll focus on what that means later on, what this image of this beast means some other time. But I'm talking about the study of the word image. The word image in Greek is akon. Akon. Um, so it means an image, a figure, a likeness. Um, but this word akon in Greek was, was, um, was used in these two references in the Bible. So the first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of men, minds of them which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So he says, um, for the glory, of the glory of the gospel of Christ, who is the image, who is a cone of God, should shine unto them. So what is the image of God here? Who is the image of God? It says, Christ is the image of God. A cone image of God. Uh, Colossians 1, 1.15 says, Who is the image of God? Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? So he says, asking the question, who is the image of God? It says, the firstborn of the every creature. Now, who is that? It is Jesus. So Jesus is the image, a cone of God. So that same word, image, is what we are looking for. Now, do you remember in Genesis where it talks about image? Where, in, in which verse in Genesis does it talk about image? Genesis one twenty six. Let us make man in our image, into our image, into our, our likeness. So, so we, Adam was made into his God's image. That's what we're talking about. Now, let me ask you a question. When, so Jesus is the image of God the Father, right? When Jesus incarnated, when he was here on earth, was he exactly the same as God the Father? Is he God the Father? Well, this is a, a tricky question because it's a <laughs> talking about Trinity. But... Is Jesus and God exactly the same? Meaning, when Jesus was here on earth, was heaven empty because God was not there? No, God the Father was there. We, we, know, for that, we know that for sure because in, in a baptism of the, the, the picture of baptism, there was a voice from heaven and Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. So Jesus is not God, God the Father. Jesus is the Son who is now incarnate. He's a person, but God the Father was in heaven. But do they think alike? Are they one in spirit? Yes. They are not the same. Are, God had three trinity, three are separate beings, three persons, but one in spirit. We have one God, as the Bible says. So I'm trying to draw a picture of what an image means. I'm not trying to study Trinity here. But that's what it means. Something very similar, but not the same. That's what an image is. Okay? So 
Uh, but, you know, Jesus said to the disciples, show me the Father. And Jesus' answer was what? What are you saying? When you see me, you have seen the Father. That's what the image means. When you see something, you know it's exactly the same, like, like a copy, like, like an image of that. That's what it means. So, when God created Adam into his image, was Adam God? No. Adam was created into his image, but Adam was not God. Okay? Same thing. So, that's what we need to know. Image, an image is something that is created into a likeness, something similar, something to represent, them, something to symbolize, but not the same. In the same way, God has created Adam, or us human beings, to be his image, to be his likeness. Guess what? The seal of God is what? Restoring human beings, us, into, back into his image. The image that we have lost. The image that has been damaged because of sin. God is trying to restore the image that God has given to Adam back to us. That's what the seal of God does. When we have that image of God, that's when we know that we have received the seal of God. On the same note, the image of the beast is, is not the same as the beast. It's something very similar. It's about the same, but it's not exactly the same. So the image of the beast is what it symbolizes, the beast. We'll talk about that Well, when we have time. We'll talk about that later, what that image means in, in literal sense. We know the beast is the papal power. And it says, receive his mark. If you receive his mark in his forehead, forehead or in his hand, the same shall receive, drink the wrath of the God, wrath of God. So what is this mark or the mark of the beast? The, the, the big question, what is this mark of the beast? I don't know about you, when I was growing up, I heard so many different things about the mark of the beast. Have you seen the picture of someone's headshot with a barcode on their forehead and the barcodes were coming out oh the barcode is the mark of the beast and if you have that on your forehead then that that's don't don't ever do that don't touch that don't don't buy that what is the barcode basically it's just the numbers for you to scan your items so you can actually purchase them that's what it, it's just the product name and have you heard uh, the mark of the beast is the, uh, the chip that people insert or plant under their skin? It's called um, RFID chip, like, or very chip. Uh, people in, in Europe, some parts of Europe, they already have planted, like some, some 5,000 people planted it. And basically, you don't have to use your driver's license or your credit card. Like, like you know, Apple Pay or Samsung Pay, you put your phone next to your, your device, and it will scan it without touching or anything. You would scan it and you can, you would figure out and you can purchase that. And since this COVID-19 thing happens, like no touching and, and gloves and no physical contact, people thought, you know what, it'll be nice to have something that you can use. You don't have to take it out. You just put it close to the device and it will scan it and you can purchase something without physically touching it. It would be a great idea. That's the mark of the beast. 
They can track you down where you are and know exactly your ID and so on and so forth. Is that the mark of the beast? No. People say COVID-19 is mark of the beast. And have you seen the picture of they, they did the math, C-O-V-I-D, and like the six letters, and, and they calculate all the Roman numeral numbers, and they say 666. Six, six. That's how they came up with. Is that the mark of the beast? No. All right, here. Um, Revealing Herald, July 13, 1897. It says, to receive his mark means to come to the same decision as the beast has done and to advocate the same idea in, in direct opposition to the word of God. To receive the mark of the beast is not to receive the buried chip under your skin or to have the barcode on your forehead or to buy something or to do anything. Or some people say 5G is the mark of the beast. No, none of those is the mark of the beast. Those are the things that may affect us in some way or another or those could lead us into receiving the mark of the beast, like in some sense. Um, but the mark of the beast, Satan will, will try to help us, try to get us confused about what the mark of the beast is. But the mark of the beast is, it says clearly, is making the same decision as the beast has done and to advocate the same idea in going directly against God's law and his, his ideas of worship. That's what it means. Mark of the beast is something that you can't really touch or visible or tangible. And here, I want to share another quote. In the same sense, the image of God, the seal of God is not something that you can touch or, or see. Like Revelation says, we have seen the seal of God on the forehead or in the, in the hand, or the seal of God on the forehead and the mark of the beast on the forehead or the hand, but it's not something that you can actually see. Like when you see someone, like, oh, I see something on the forehead, the person has a seal of God, the name of God. No, that's what the symbolic revelation is using. But that's not something that you can see. Here, I want to show you a quote. Uh, if you can show the screen, the signs of, uh, signs of Times, November 1st, 1899. It says, in the issue of the great contest, Two parties are developed, those who worship the beast and his image and receive his mark, and those who receive the seal of the living God, who have the Father, Father's name written on their forehead. This is not a visible mark. Friends, the seal of God is not something visible. When you see someone and say, you know what, I can see that person has the mark on the forehead or in the hand. It's not that. It's not the code. It's not a chip. It's not some kind of thing that you can physically touch or see. What is this? It is for you to choose to follow God. It is making the same decision as God has made. Like Daniel's three friends, when the... When the uh, when the image was, was standing there, when they were forced to worship the beast and to bow down, was there anything that said on their forehead saying that I'm the servant of God? No. You couldn't see that. But you could see in their decision to follow God. They were determined to follow God. Rather, I would die than to bow down to this image. That, my friend, is the seal of God. 
following Christ, following God, that is the seal of God. So here, uh, the next paragraph that I want to share, um, letter number 12, uh, 1900. When, when the test comes, it will be clearly shown what the mark of the beast is. Mark of the beast is, and this is keeping of Sunday. Those who, after having heard the truth, continue to regard this day as holy, bear the signature of the man of sin who, taught, who thought to change times and laws. So here, what is the mark of the beast? It says, keeping Sunday. But keeping Sunday is the application of the mark of the beast. True mark of the beast is to bear the signature of the man of sin, meaning Satan, or, or whoever is following the beast. Okay? So basically, following Satan is receiving his mark, meaning you have the image of the beast. In turn, you choose to keep Sunday worship instead of choose to serve God on Sabbath day, to remember God the Creator and to obey Him. So the, so the idea is keeping Sunday, but keeping Sunday is just an application. The idea is who you obey, who you worship. That is the key. So um, that, is, that is the mark of the beast. Now, question, when is the mark of the beast given then? So think about it. How many people worship on Sunday? How many people go to church on Sunday? Pretty much everybody you know, except a few Adventists that you know. Adventists compared to Adventist population in the world, compared to everybody else, people who go to, who go to worship on Fridays and Sundays and any other days other than Sabbath, and even the people who go to church on Sabbath, they may not be Adventists. They may not know, like many Jews who don't really have anything to do with Jesus or the gospel. So, a lot of people go to church on Sunday or any other day but Sabbath. Do they have the mark of the beast now? Not quite yet. Not 100% yet. They're on their path to receive the mark of the beast. Because, because God still has his people in other churches, in other denominations. And they may be going to church on Sunday. But that does not mean that they are uh, willingly or uh, 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 they have made the decision in their heart to follow the beast. They simply do not know yet. And when the message goes out, when the latter rain falls, when the message is given to the whole world saying that, do not receive the mark of the beast, come out of her and receive the seal of God. And inspiration says there are many people that would hear the message and turn back and come to accept the truth. Those people, my friends, are, have not received the mark of the beast even though they may be going to church on Sunday, or they may not go to church on Sabbath, they have not received the mark of the beast. On the other hand, people who come to church 
on Sabbath. They've been coming to church on Saturday all their lives. Does that mean that we have the seal of God? No. Not necessarily. Sad to say, many, many that come to church on Sabbath, many profess that many people who have been part of a member of the board member of our Adventist church, many people that have been coming, holding the important positions, people who have worked hard to build the church, have been on mission trips, have worked so hard to build our church, have been the founding members of our church. Sorry to say, but many will leave this faith and receive the mark of the beast. I don't want to be part of that group. I don't want to be in that group who have raised, who have been born in Christian church, raised in Adventist church, went through all Adventist education, received all Adventist education, went through Andrews Seminary Theological School, have received the ordination of Adventist church, have been preaching the message, three angels' message, and leave the church at the end and receive the mark of the beast. I do not want to do that. But is it, is it a possibility? Yes. yes, it is. If we do not choose to follow God, that could happen to any one of us. So my friends, mark of the beast is not just Sunday. We don't need to get confused. It's not just Sunday worship. People who go to church on Sunday does not mean that you have the mark of the beast. People who go to church on Sabbath does not mean that we have the seal of God. It is, do you really choose to serve God? Amen. Daniel's three friends had many other royal friends that came to Babylon and that were present at the plain of, uh, plain of, of, of Dura. When the image was erected, they were not the only Jewish boys that came from Jerusalem. There were many other people that had the same education, that went to the same class. They graduated the same class with flying colors, with the regalia. They, they, they marched the same. They received the same. Maybe had better grades than Daniel's three friends. But when they were standing there, when they were challenged, bow down, otherwise you'll be thrown into the fire. What happened? was no answer. Maybe they were trying to tie their shoes, shoelaces, saying that, you know what, I'm not going to worship this image, but let me just pretend to do that. Let me just tie my shoes. And that's what they did. But you know what? To imitate, to bow down, it is the same as bowing down. You, what you had to do at that time was to stand up, to show to the whole world that I am not bowing down. So if you're right at the borderline, I'm not really worshiping the image of the beast, but let me just not stick out because the nail that sticks out gets hammered, right? I don't want to get hammered. I don't want to be persecuted. So let me just tie my shoelaces. You know what? You are counted as worshiping the image. You are observed, seen as bowing down. So if you don't want to be part of that group, we need to be careful because that time is coming very soon, my friends, where the line will be drawn and people who have the seal of God will be sealed and people who are 
wavering, and who had been part of this Adventist church, who had received this truth, who understood what this means to receive the seal of God and to have the mark of the beast, who have studied, who understood, who might have taught this Bible study, could fall into this group and receive the mark of the beast. Have mercy on us. Well, that could happen. That could happen. So here, this quote that I want to share <coughs> is in uh, Review and Herald. <coughs> Review and Herald, July, <coughs> excuse me, July 13, 1897. <coughs> the next one we will share that message or that quote. <coughs> if the light of truth has been presented to you, revealing the Sabbath of the fourth commandment, and showing that there is no foundation in the word of God for Sunday observance, and yet you still cling to the false Sabbath, refusing to keep holy Sabbath, which God calls my holy day, you receive the mark of the beast. When does this take place? When you obey the decree that commands you to cease from labor on Sunday and worship God while you know that there is not a word in the Bible showing Sunday to be other than a common working day. You consent to receive the mark of the beast and refuse the seal of God. So this is a deliberate choice. It's not just going to Sunday for worship because you don't know. When the choice is given, when you understand this message, to worship, worship God on Sabbath or to worship the beast on Sunday, and you know in the Bible there is no other reference to point Sunday as the, sun, the true Sabbath, and you still choose to go worship on Sunday, then you receive the mark of the beast, and you receive the seal of God for those who keep the Sabbath. It's not something, just a mere day of like, Sunday or Sabbath? Like, what day does it matter? Like, sometimes you wake up in the morning. Is it Sunday or Monday? You get confused, right? Is it Wednesday or Thursday? I get confused all the time. I mean, you know, but it's not just a matter of which day it is. It is a matter of obedience. It's a matter of your decision, faithfulness and loyalty to the God of creation or the system of man. That's, you cannot make a mistake. It's like, oh, I didn't know. No, you know, and this is a deliberate choice that we make. So friends, where do we stand? What are we supposed to do? I am trying to see how much I can go. <laughs> uh, I would try to wrap up what I can do for today, and I will continue on next time. But here, <clears throat> the third angel's message in turn means to keep God's commandment, as it says in the book of the law, and the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the Pentateuch and the Ten Commandments. And as it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, it says, Revelation 12, 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Testimony uh, of Jesus Christ. So basically, people who keep the commandment of God, meaning keep the Bible as it is written, and 
have the testimony, the bear the testimony of Jesus, uh, that those are the people that, that will have the seal of God. Now, that may think it's, you know, simple. It's just keeping the commandment of God. That's what the seal of God is. But you know what? This message, the three angels message, or the third angels message, is so broad because that is the key, obeying basically everything that God has commanded us. It's focused on the fourth commandment because that is the issue, right? That is the issue. But it's not like, okay, I'm going to keep the fourth commandment, but I'm going to ignore first, second, third, fifth, second. No, it's not that. It's keeping the whole Ten Commandments. It's keeping whatever the Bible has taught us, and we are keeping all of that. Does that include health reform? Yes. So the third angel's message is not only the Sabbath, it's including the health reform. Does that mean that we need to watch what we are eating? Does third angel's message include the dress reform? Include what we read, what we watch, what we enjoy doing things? Yes. It includes everything. The focus, the pinnacle is the Sabbath. Yes, the worship. But it includes every single thing that Bible has taught us. So friends, in turn, we need to pay attention to every single thing. Because when Jesus came to this earth, he came to restore men, people who have fallen into the sin, back to the image of God. So everywhere he went, he, what did he do? When Jesus went to different villages, what did he do? He healed people. People who were sick, who were bound with this chain of, of this curse of sin, he liberated them by relieving them their, from their sickness, blindness, parasy, or, or mute, leprosy, even death. He delivered them from the sickness. The word Heal means to restore, right? To, to save. That's what it means. So when the seal of God, when, when this message is given out, this is not just to keep the Sabbath because, well, keeping the Sabbath means, the Bible says, when you keep the Sabbath, you will know that I am the God who sanctifies you. So keeping the Sabbath means God is restoring us. He is sanctifying us. That's what that means. So the third angel's message or three angel's message includes the whole Bible. It's not just one topic. So my friends, <clears throat> I need to wrap up here. But here, all of us, all of us are challenged to be this angel carrying, bearing the three angel's messages. First, second, and the third angel's message. Here. I want to read the last quote that I want to share from uh, Christian Service, page 145, page 2, uh, paragraph 2. It says, Let every Seventh-day Adventist ask himself, What can I do to proclaim the third angel's message? Christ came to this world to give this message to his servant, to give to the churches. It is to, to be proclaimed to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. How are we to give it? So, the challenge is that we need to ask ourselves. Every single one of us needs to ask this question. What question? How are we to proclaim this message? To whom? 
every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. To everyone. Friends, what are we doing to share the third angel's message? What are we doing today? To restore God's image in us, to obey God's commandment, to keep God's Sabbath, to be sanctified in His image so that we can reflect God's character just as Jesus reflected God the Father, just as Adam was created to reflect God. That's the image that we need to have. That is to receive the seal of God. That is the third angel's message that we are to proclaim. Are we proclaiming the three angels' message? How many of you want to understand and to proclaim this three angels' message, the everlasting gospel? I pray that God will bless us to, to be faithful like Daniel's friends. We'll not bow down to that false image and to have this image of God in us and to proclaim this message to every kindred to nation, to people, and to everyone so that God can come, Jesus can come and take us back home. May God bless us as we prepare ourselves to receive the seal of God and to reject the mark of the beast. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for giving us the third angel's message and giving us a clear understanding that it is to obey you and to keep every single commandment that God has given us, including the fourth commandment, Sabbath, and to have your image in us. Lord, we want to have your character, your image in us. So Lord, please shape us, form us, take away this stony heart from us. Give us a new flesh-like heart. Give us a new heart, a sanctified heart, so that we can have your image. We can proclaim this message flying in the midst of air, proclaiming to the whole world, repent and come and receive the seal of God. Make us to be angels spreading this message. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us so that we could be this angel and have the seal of God. Please prepare us so that we can have this image and we can go home soon. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.